think it has to do with like the way people's features are. Yeah. You know, it's like I think sometimes makeup helps to That's draw. That's true. It like. If people yeah. don't have a lot of contrast in their face, mm-hmm. I think that that's what makeup Shape, does for certain them. shapes of uh, faces. Like uh, I know a lot of people like that high cheekbone. The cheekbone thing. Which I do have. Yeah. Uh, but something I did realize because my mom. Sorry about that. Because my mom recently had some dental surgery done. Mm-hmm. Both dentists asked her, "Are you French by chance?" Really. Why? Apparently, we have certain structure inside, so it's like the high cheekbone is good, but it's not when it comes to dental. Really? Mm-hmm. Whoa. I don't know exactly what exactly. I can't. I'm not gonna like act like I know exactly what. But that was thing what the doctor is, asked. But that was what the doctor asked, and she said it was two separate times, and she said it was weird. She's like, "Okay, what the freaking hell?" Like <laughs> she was tripping. So strange. She's like, how the do you know that? And I guess yeah. it's something to do with the way that our mouths are set up. Yeah. So it's like, maybe it looks good, but as far as functionality, I'm not sure how beneficial it's going to be for me if I have to go get, you know, any kind of mouth surgery done. Right. Well, I mean, that is a very strange thing, isn't it? Like, right? It's so weird how the way we look at things is like the look and mm. the value, the function. Right. Sometimes don't go together, but then it's also like... A fundamental principle of design is that form follows function. Mm-hmm. And that's what You're makes something like, re- there's something really beautiful about just the simplicity of something that is designed for a function. Mm. You know, and that's kind of like, even yeah. like if you're thinking about, the thing is, the human face doesn't really have a function. <laughs> but what is the function of the face? Speaking, communicating. Exactly. Uh, express, expression. expression so that somebody understands how you're feeling. Right. Attraction. Attraction. Mm-hmm. Seeing. <laughs> so, Hearing, but all those things. Smelling. All those things. Yeah. A lot of senses. It's a very important part of the body. <laughs> you really stop thinking about it. You know, the face is pretty key. But as far as it being its usefulness it's like okay your arms you can lift things with oh i know yeah do you know what i'm saying functionality the functionality of your face is a trip because it is actually like an artist your face is an artist of your body Mm. in a way because it's trying to communicate your emotions is yeah no exactly i mean it's funny because i have always been very expressive Yes. With my I, face? I believe this to be true. So, you know, anybody that knows me knows that if I'm feeling something or lack of something, whatever it may be, it's pretty freaking clear on my face. Even when I don't want it to be. <laughs> so, like, I wasn't the best server, for example, uh, because there were certain times where my face would display certain emotions that I felt that I didn't want to display yeah, yeah, in a yeah, professional yeah. setting. Um, but my face would say it all. It does. Well, and, but see that, you bring up an interesting point there too. That reminds me of how Jocko Willink has this thing he calls normal face. Mm. <clears throat> and he, he advises people 
to use normal face most of the time. Yeah. Because it's it's the same idea as like poker face. Exactly. Right? Like, you don't need everybody to know how you're feeling. <laughs> no. And I sure didn't want anybody to know how I was feeling. Especially if it was a negative emotion I was feeling towards yeah. a certain person. Because guess what? They were tipping me, okay? They paid me. Bad for business. <laughs> it's bad for business. So I was like, oh, this is not my thing. This is not my forte. But, but either, either it taught me way. A lot. It taught me a lot. It tells you a lot about... Your face and what, what the face, what the face reveals, what it betrays. <laughs> Hello, folks. This is another episode of the Dialogic Podcast. This is Jake J. Thomas and Madison Marie Models coming to you wherever you may be. We're here in Santa Cruz, middle of this beautiful wintry week. Some rain is due tomorrow. Uh, we're rapidly accelerating through the holiday season, and. Dealing with all of that. Mm. I think it started about eh, three weeks ago where you could notice as you're driving around town, like, people are just super eggy. Yeah, no, I mean, it's funny. And just everything becomes so much uh, busier, so it's more of a clusterfuck. Like, my dad and I were at Walmart simply the other day just trying to get something for dinner or whatever. Useful, yeah. And it was like, what the F? is going on my dad was laughing it was a monday like midday and we were like okay this is ridiculous why is everybody out my yeah. dad had the day off which wasn't normal for him so he was like why is everybody out right now <laughs> shouldn't oh. they be at work i'm like i don't know no. this time of year is just madness Pe- yeah. people just literally lose their mind I know. <laughs> and you know they're spending money they don't have they're a upset yeah. for all kinds of different reasons and i was just talking about that with my little sister she was telling me about all these plans she has to spend all this money and i looked at her i said i understand that this is your first job and how exciting it is to have all this money and all that kind of thing but you need to realize that a lot of people have this issue where they go they go broke or in debt or in debt by it was that hmm. by um by overspending yeah. and I told her I said you need to try to remember to be smart about it and I was trying to come from like a place of understanding being 18 you know da 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 da, da but yeah. it's still important things to talk about and she she got it she was like yeah you're right it's good to get so, we need some reality checks this time of year I feel like because, I agree I mean the thing is it's like when it's about when you're talking about kids mm. It's a special time for kids. Yeah, exactly. It's important to make it magical for them. Yeah. But when we're talking about adults, adults? come on. Ah. Can we just be adult about it? Yes, yes. Let's just make it be for the kids. I it don't is, know. I mean, it should be about the kids. I think so. So. Seems silly to care too much about it otherwise. Did well, you see? Yeah. Oh, this is something super interesting. I saw Joe Rogan posted about this today that... There's an article where they're saying that they want to make Santa gender neutral. Oh, no. Are you serious? True story. So they want to make him like, or I'm sorry, they want to make it like they, them? They want to make Santa they, them. Stop. But it was funny because it like. This has gone too far. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he said. It is. I'm <laughs> fucking sorry, dude. Just like. The other day, my mom was apparently at McDonald's, and she said that the name tag said, they, them. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm all about respecting people and what they want to be called. 
course. If I call you something and you don't like the way I said it, or if you want me to call you something else, I'll call you that. Right. But, oh my, there's a line. Yeah. Santa? But, okay, so this is what I thought about it, though, which is, which is funny. And looking at the responses, the reactions, of course, of course people got upset about that, right? I'm sure people had things to say. But then also, some people are definitely in support of it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's both ways. But then the third take was the one that I thought I agreed with the most, which is, are you, it's a fictional character. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, right. It doesn't matter. Right. After you're five, even... And you know who you you think that that five year olds are the ones coming up with these ideas? Fuck no. No, but I just don't think it matters either way. I think it's the silliest thing to argue about. Yeah, just leave the it the gen- way it is. The gender of a, <laughs> or change it if you want to. I don't care. But, In your household, but I mean, as far as the whole, I just don't get that. I just see it as a silly story. Right. And I think it's silly to try to change it. You know, it's like maybe... I think that this is what I think actually about... I think people are super resistant to change and especially traditions. Mm -hmm. But what they're not resistant to is new traditions. Mm. I don't understand why... I mean, and honestly, the best traditions went out. Right? Like, like, what do you mean? Like, Thanksgiving is a stupid mm, holiday, but yes. people love it for the food. Yes. Like, everyone thinks the meaning of it is kind of weird. And like, right, finally, people are understanding it's, like, kind of It's pretty fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. And it's, but yeah. it's what the holiday does for you that people care about. Because yeah. it brings your family together and you yeah. have food yeah. at the end of November. No, and I, that's yeah. why people care about it as a holiday. Yeah, yeah. So, all, all I'm saying is if you want to have a gender neutral gift giving mythological figure can do it create a new one yeah people are only going to get upset when you change yeah traditions I see what you're saying yeah. but you can always add a new one let me give you of an example course. of how i know this to be true because there is a national something day every friggin' day of the year now oh my god a hashtag national, national donut day national chocolate peanut butter day. and banana sandwich day like that's probably out there <laughs> I know. And you know what? <laughs> the best ones of those will be traditions. Mm-hmm. So I, I always feel like it's better to create new things than to try and change or tear down old things. I agree. Change is good. Change, change is, is relevant. Change is good, but growth is more acceptable for more people than, you know. Like subtracting. Than and subtracting. Then adding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, how about this? How about... Just add more characters into the mix. I know. Make make Miss Claus, Mrs. Claus, way more dynamic, and then maybe they have some cousins who visit, and they're fucking doing some other shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just add more to it. We can yeah. get all. We can have all we kinds. Can get creative with it. I mean, there could be gender bending. Who cares? I don't yeah. care. It's yeah. all it's all yeah. storytelling. But yeah. I just think that people are resistant to the idea of changing Santa into something else. Yeah, I mean, just leave fucking Santa Claus alone. Do some other shit. Yeah. Fuck. Come up with your own fucking ideas. Be creative. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I'm not talking shit, but I agree with you. I think it's better to, you know, not take away from what it already has as a tradition and just. You know, having your own take on it. There's nothing wrong with that. I agree. I think it's like more... 
ways to engage in the holidays would be better because first of all the way it's set up now isn't working for a lot of people i agree it's not <clears throat> it's not as inclusive as it could be and okay. i well not just that it's not as inclusive but like we were talking about like you go outside go try to go oh, to the store yeah, 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 yeah. there's already something wrong with the I holidays because yes. it's driving everyone crazy and I don't think changing the gender of Santa is going to fix that problem. <laughs> right? So as, as, as a coping mechanism, I would see that as an avoidant one. <laughs> True. Like instead of dealing with the real problem, which is a lot of people don't have money at the end of the year and everyone feels pressure to spend the money they don't have. Yeah. That's the real issue. Yeah. And the depression, you know. And the seasonal depression the slip, on top the of that. The slip that you have as far as um, not being as aware, I guess, of your situation in that moment. You lose sight of, like, maybe your goals or things like that. Yeah. And the problems are not going to change just by the way we decorate the tree. or They're fundamental systemic problems of... You know, like, if anything, okay, so sometimes businesses will give you a Christmas bonus. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like, that's one way of dealing with the problems of the holidays, right? But it's kind of kind of messed up, too, because if they, you know, like, we, we know what happened to Clark Griswold. He didn't get the bonus. You know, family Christmas vacation. <laughs> you don't know that? No. Oh, Chevy Chase. Uh-uh. Hilarious. A movie? The, the Griswolds. You don't know family vacation or... Oh, I think I know what you're talking about in the RV and all that. It's like yes, a family. But they have the Christmas one and Chevy Chase, Fletch, or. I don't know about. In the Griswold. Uh -huh. Clark, Clark Griswold mm. doesn't get the bonus. Uh huh. Yeah. But, I mean, if your end of the year is dependent upon a certain performance and you get a bonus or not, that's a lot of pressure, too. Mm. It's, it's almost like, you know, it's like uh, this idea of giving people money, mm -hmm. the government giving people money. I mm -hmm. mean, it, I mean, as a starting point, let's give people a December break. How about because all business slows down, it's harder to make money and people need more money to spend and they're depressed. Like if there ever was a time when people need a little break, that would be it. I mean, that's true. If we really want to change things, let's make let's make it affordable for people on the holidays. Like, yeah, two weeks out of the year where we make things accessible. You know, and it's like I don't know. That would be one way to to change the holidays. And yeah, but I I don't think that the uh, the gender of the guy who comes down the chimney is going to really make that big of a difference. No, I don't either. But maybe that's because I'm. A male, a heterosexual, white male, <laughs> cis male, you know? So maybe that's my bias. Right, I'm a white female, so... Yeah, so we're obviously biased, biased in terms to of... To some extent. It's not representing our struggle. Mm. And if it did, maybe we would feel differently about it. Mm. But as an outsider to the issue, mm. I'm just giving my two cents and saying that yeah. I think more productive things would be just create more traditions and more yeah. things to celebrate the more the merrier that's it <laughs> but we were talking about <clears throat> how this time of year is pretty stressful yeah. 
And we were thinking about this idea of, you guys know this phrase, uh, coping mechanisms, right? So what is that? What does that mean? And what are good coping me- mechanisms? And what are good strategies to get through the holidays? Right. So I am, um, well, actually, Jake found a really good article. I did. And sent it to me. And I would love to share this with everybody, really, because it's such a good article. But um, according to a psych glossary, it's alleydog.com. Coping. So what is coping? Coping refers to the human behavioral process for dealing with demands, both internal or external, in situations that are perceived as threats. So that's kind of like a general. Mm. There's so much more to it. Mm. But let's, <laughs> let's break that down. Let's unpack that a little bit. Okay. Okay. So it's first of all, it's a human behavioral process. Mm-hmm. So coping is a... a a thing you do. It's literal. It's it's a scientific, correct? I guess is that. It's yeah. It's a it's a uh, it's something that people do. It's the way they behave, mm-hmm. and it, it's either done consciously or unconsciously. Right. But okay, there's a lot to this definition that I think is is interesting. So it's so dealing much. with demands. Okay, so <clears throat> another way to think about it is the stress, but dealing with demands. So like in the holidays, there's all these demands for. Mm. Gimme, 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 gimme. And, and obligations to be yeah, at places. That too. And, you know, feelings yeah, of <laughs> of uh, not wanting to be rude. So you mm. eat the food you don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. You drink the drinks you don't want to drink. Mm-hmm. And all these people are making demands, whether they're passive or just overt, you know. But... <clears throat> internal or external. Okay, now that's the next part. Internal or external. Now that is where it gets interesting, I think. That's true. <laughs> like, how do you know the difference? How? Well, it's right. It's a hard one. And <clears throat> it's just really interesting to think that you have internal demands. Correct. We all do. And what are they? Like, how do you even think about that? Like, I think the way they talked about it was like... De- In this article. De- depression or like... You can internalize the way people demand things of you, mm. which then I think can create bad, like depression is like what you're saying. Yeah. Right. The anxiety, the stress. Right. right. And it's almost like, but I, that one needs some more exploring, I think. I want to figure out more. Yeah. There's. The thing is, is that is such a, like, I even was like, oh, I, I was going to write something to say, but that's such a, it keeps going. I mean, they, they break it down and they keep breaking it down and they keep breaking it down in this article. Right, right. That was just the first one. So I think it would be important for all of you guys to know this article. Maybe we can attach it, you know. We'll definitely attach the article. Um, but just this idea that there are internal or external demands. Right. Okay, and then the final part of it, in situations that are perceived as threats. Right, perceived. It's about your perception. Is it really a threat? Right. Or are you internalizing or externally externalizing? I don't even know if that's a word, but it sounds good. Projecting. Projecting. <clears throat> Which is externalizing your feelings. Yeah. Putting them onto the situation right. so that it becomes scary, even if mm. there isn't a threat. 
Totally. And that would be one of the internal demands of like, Mm. I I think. Yeah. Well, and it's like, like again, so is it, is it really a threat? That's so important to know because you can feel like something is a threat and it's not. And that's might be because of past traumas that you've dealt with or whatever it may be. Honestly, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter, but regardless, you have to figure out, is it a threat? If it's not, and I'm thinking it is, why the fuck? Right. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> what is yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. So. No, no, no. That's super important. Not all coping skills are created equally. I really liked that. That's the mm. concept. No, like, exactly. Fuck yeah. And there, there's a hierarchy of skills. What I, liked, what I liked about the article is it goes through all the different ways people deal with the stress of. There's so much depth to the article like it's incredible how much depth there was like i wrote down this much and it's about a a a page back and front and then not too much here but there's so much in the article oh yeah there (laughs) there definitely is it's like it's a lot but the main i really like the way they organize they did. All these different things that you can do or that mm. people do do. You know, and it's kind of like it categorizes. It helps you to see. I felt like it doesn't judge them too harshly. It wasn't It wasn't coming. The, the whole article is coming from a place of understanding. Yeah. You know? I, I think Understanding so all sides. Yeah. So it's like you may be dealing with it like this. You know, and that's not so bad. It's just, that's just how you're dealing with it. Right. But then they also say that there may be better ways to deal with it. Right. But a lot of that has to do with what the problem is and where you're at. In terms of how strong you are and what you're able to deal with. Exactly. But the first part that was super interesting to me was that they split the types into mm. two yes and that's the first major division that's important to understand right main focus or main concern during the coping it's like those aren't the two types but that's what it starts with i don't know if that makes sense right now. i don't i didn't quite follow that what do you mean by that i know i i i, I had an idea when i wrote it down and i knew exactly what i was gonna say and now it's just gone right out the window so Okay, well, let's come back to that. Let's come back to that. But that, back to the two types. I though. think that that is important. I didn't mean yeah, to because, skip over that. No, because, no, no, no. But it's also, that's also, I think, trying I think to determine it, what the main focus or main concern is right. during coping yeah. will help you to prioritize what you want to deal with and how you approach it. Right. And I also think that that gives you <clears throat> some... Ability to determine whether the threat is a perceived threat or not. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, trying. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, it's this question of can't, what do you do to stop and look at your own situation? You know, when you feel stressed out, <clears throat> how do you acknowledge that? Like, how do you first go, okay, I'm experiencing high levels of stress. Right. And now, how do you take time or make space? To figure out what is the main concern. Right. Why? Why am I having this concern? What's going wrong or right or whatever? It's like taking a step back. 
taking a step back and, and trying to figure out what are the things that are causing you to feel that amount of stress and what are the things that are being demanding to you, mm. you know, and, but so that's where I think where it splits into two types mm-hmm. that kind of, those give you some of the ability to self diagnose a little bit. Let me explain what I mean by that. So the way it breaks down into two types is either you're focusing on the problem itself, trying, trying to do something about what is causing you the stress mm-hmm. or you're avoiding the problem and you're dealing with the emotions. See, that's where it was like interesting. Cause there's so, like I said, it's such a, it's such a intent. It's a, um, in depth article because there's two types. There's a, there's a problem focus, but then there's also the emotion focus. So it's like, you're focusing on the problem itself or you're focusing on the feelings. On how it's making rather, you feel. Yes. And then there's the active and avoidance. It's like, but they go the, together. Because the problem-focused one has active mm, solutions. I see what you're saying. And the emotion-focused right. one has avoidance. Yeah. Because what happens is, so if somebody is strong enough, has the wherewithal to recognize the cause of their stress... And they have the resources to do something about it. Mm, mm, then that's the most effective way to deal with your stress. Right. Because you change the problem, <clears throat> which gives you confidence and its ability to change further. Mm. And then you're making progress on it. So it right. starts to alleviate the anxiety. Yeah. And, and that's when you are healthy and fit mentally. Mentally, yeah. And things, are, things come up. You, you, you suffer some sort of loss. If you're healthy and fit mentally, you're able to see what the problem is, Mm -hmm. and then you're going to choose these coping skills that are active in addressing the problem. Right. So, like, examples would be analyzing the situation, working harder, applying what you already learned, things like that. Talking with somebody. Mm-hmm. Who has a direct impact on the situation. Yeah. Figuring out a way to solve the problem. Right. If the problem gets solved, the demand stops. Right. You feel better. Yeah. And so that's an effective coping skill. Yeah. Solve that shit. Right. But sometimes there are problems that are not so easily solved. Right. So you have to focus on the emotion. So you have, you have to cope with the effects of the problem if you can't solve mm-hmm. it, right? But that also, okay, so that even goes with problems that may be easily solved, mm-hmm. but you don't have the emotional strength to deal with it. Yes. That's another great point that, to make. That means that you're going to have to also deal with the emotional feelings and not be able to deal with the root cause. Right. But, so it's like got to deal with one before the other kind of a thing. You know what I mean? If that arises. Yes. And I think it's all about degrees of severity, right? Right. Because you could be totally 100% mentally fit. Okay. And just like physically fit, everything healthy. Mm -hmm. And then some terrible sequences of tragedies could happen. Yes. That overwhelm even the healthiest person. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's more about how strong you are in relation to the demands that are being put on you. And because there's always going to be more demand, that's yeah, where we start constantly. to feel like 
it piles up on us, you know, and then it starts to feel overwhelming to the point that you don't do shit sometimes. We become inactive because we're afraid of that just getting worse. The fear kind of over it overtakes you. The fear overtakes you. I, I was thinking about that today, you know, that quote we were talking about before attributed to Einstein. The definition of insanity is mm. doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yes. And I kind of took issue with that. First of all, I don't think Einstein said it. But then also, I was thinking about that today while I was walking on the trail. To me, the definition of insanity or a definition of insanity is giving up. Yeah, that's true. Because as long as you keep trying... Some problems, crazy, yeah. some problems will resolve themselves, even if you just deal with the emotions of it. Mm, right, that's right. Yeah. But also, if you get a foothold on one problem, if you get emotionally strong enough to see one problem you can deal with and you act mm. on it, that can have momentum. So yes. then you see another problem and then you act right. on that. And you can dig yourself out of a very, very yeah. troubled space. Yeah. But you have to know what you're feeling and what the dangers of it are Mm. and how severe it is so that you choose the right coping mechanisms. Right. That's very true. Which can be difficult. (laughs) I think think it is difficult. Especially if you don't even have a basis, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So first I think it helps to look through the list and see Mm. what you do do. Yeah. Did you? I did. So I wrote down what I enjoyed doing out of all the things that I read. Because these are, so these are activities. These are actual actions that you can take for right. positive coping, you know. Results. Right, exactly. So stretching, mm-hmm. big one for me. Yes. Music, of big course. one for me. Of course. <laughs> Reading, uh, one that I've struggled but always enjoyed with, really. But struggled for some reason. I think it was maybe because I didn't know what my interests were for so many years or whatever. Um, puzzles, games, love that. Walks, huge. Mm-hmm. Steam slash sauna. So I've always done this weird thing where I've sat in my bathroom at home and I had the water on. Mm. And I'd make a steam room in my bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> my poor parents. <laughs> Probably not great for the pain. <laughs> but, anyway, mm, but so that yes. was helpful. That really was. I mean, there's something about running water for me. Well, um, a sauna, the steam is just getting hot like that and sweating. It's really healthy for you. Very, very detoxifying, right. purifying. Anyway, um, alone time, huge one. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I didn't appreciate for many years, but I now really appreciate uh, recreational activities. I can't really think of anything specific, but that's definitely something I've always enjoyed. Yeah. Um, socializing with friends, definitely. Sitting outside and relaxing. So just going outside and enjoying the sunsets, for example, things like that. Uh, engaging in your hobbies. So for me, that's modeling, photography, um, dancing. <laughs> right. Um, another, it's kind of like a sub category or subcategories i'm not really sure mm-hmm. of it is the self-care practice methods mm. so there's different methods so there's sensory which for me one of them because there's many was running water mm. uh pleasure which is for me one that stuck out because there's many to each one mm. uh was a photo walk that's a big one for me that's definitely mm-hmm. something i really love uh, mental so for me, I wrote down new activities, driving new places. Mm. 
A spiritual method is for me reading poetry slash time and nature, so nature walks. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else? Oh, wait. Emotional. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, accept the feelings that you're having in the moment and being okay with those feelings. That's huge for mm. me. Mm. Uh, crying, laughing, just having self-compassion, practicing self-compassion. Mm. Uh, physical would be for me yoga, walks, naps, because I'm not so great with that, but I do enjoy naps. It's very resetting. And then the last one is social. And with that one, there was uh, lunch dates with your friends, calling up a friend, having good conversations with a friend over the phone. And then uh, one that I've never been involved in, but would be interested in is book clubs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's... It's it's interesting to me because it almost is like a map. It almost yeah. creates like a map of. It's a web. Yeah, it's it's like a uh, it's a network of mm-hmm. things that are related to conditions too, right? Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. but I think you know, just even having the list of things that you could try or mm-hmm. recognizing the things that you do, mm-hmm. kind of gives you this structure to say, okay, you know, I'm definitely feeling stressed and I know that working out helps with that so I'm going to make sure I take time today to work out right or you know whatever it is like I found for me a lot of the coping mechanisms that I saw that I do do are writing right to you know vent my emotion clarify my thoughts center myself exercise Mm -hmm. being out in nature huge um, art, doing art, um, conversation, dialogue, major, it's Cute. a major therapeutic release. Super big. They called me social butterfly because I am one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the ones that I did see though, that were, <clears throat> okay, so let me try and go through again a little bit of the structure of like what they said were the less good things to do. Mm. Right? I didn't write any of it down. I wasn't sure if you wanted to get into that. Well, I think it's important. You don't have to share anything, but I will, just as far as... It was important for me to see, like, okay, I see I do do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something I need to check myself if I'm mm. feeling stressed. Mm. And one of them for me was drinking too much coffee. And it's super interesting to me because that's one where that's probably the only drug that I really am addicted to. And yeah. part of it is because I have this idea psychologically that it helps me to be productive. And, right. s- and so when I'm stressed, I want to get in that active attack the problem mode. Uh-huh. But so sometimes I think I use coffee... I overuse coffee because mm-hmm. I want to be productive, but then I think I'm also using it as a kind of emotional crutch like coping. Mm-hmm. just to feel better because it is a stimulant. Mm. So that kind of made me go, okay, well, you might be doing something not so great to yourself there. Mm. And that maybe if you focused on hydration or mm. something else that you intellectually know will yeah. help you to perform, yeah. get over this reliance on coffee, bud. And so it kind of made me go, okay, well, I mean, I'm not over it yet, but 
now I have the awareness that when I'm stressed, if I start drinking more coffee than is necessary, is like realistic for a day, stop. Right. Just, yeah. So <clears throat> conscious of it. That's big. It helps to make you conscious of the fact that even we will even do things that are destructive to our own body and self just to feel differently when we're stressed. Mm-hmm. Just to get out of that. To manage your emotions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. To have some control over your emotions. Sometimes even pain, and that was at the bottom of the list, right? Which is not something that I have used as a coping mechanism, but self-harm. Yeah. And... I mean, obviously, that's a terrifying one. Yeah. Nobody wants to think about their loved ones hurting themselves. Yeah. But it's also, but when you think about it and you realize it's a coping mechanism, it kind of changed it for me a little bit to think, I guess I knew that people would, like, cut themselves or hurt themselves. And there's even so much more to it than just doing that. It's like the things that you think right away with self-harm, I think, right. are... Overt, those obvious. ones yeah. but it's like there's so much more to it too oh, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you can self-sabotage self-sabotage you can you know do other physical things to yourself like i've noticed like there's this thing i've done where like i'll pinch myself sometimes mm. and it's like i don't know what the f- i don't know why or the yeah or the the fingernail biting that one's another one that i do really bad um and then, but there's just like small things that you don't even know you're doing, mm. but you're doing them. Yes. And that's where reading that article is like, whoa. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because, because part of what the article is, is really not judgmental and it, I no. think it's, it's beautifully written in that way. So good. But what it does tell you is that when you go to those coping mechanisms that are actually harmful, harmful. to you. It, it will help you to cha- to have some control over your emotion. Totally. Right? So that is a positive thing about it. Right. But it also creates more problems. Correct. Because now you hurt yourself. And so that's yes. where drug abuse and mm-hmm. all of these behaviors that people do on the regular mm-hmm. to try and control their emotion is a temporary fix that leads to worse problems. Right. Now, just... Jumping aside real quick, mm-hmm. and then we'll come right back to this. Yeah. Because that brought up something that's been on my mind that I want to ask you about, and I just want to ask all of you about, because it's such an interesting question to me, and I think this is part of emotional intelligence and all of this process, is what is the difference between happiness and pleasure? Right. Hmm. You know, and really what it gets to is what is happiness? For you. For you, you yeah. Know? How do you define happiness? And, you know, how do you... Like, I find happiness in the littlest things, I've noticed. Okay. So, like, for me, happiness has been quality time with people that I love, for example. That's a big one. That makes me really happy, you know? Yeah. Not just pleasure. Um Another really thing that puts me in a happy place is music. Mm-hmm. But although that one's hard because it's like, is it pleasure or is it happy? Okay, but that's a good question. Um, now, now, what I think immediately when you say that is the Bob Marley line. The thing about music is when it hits, you feel no pain. Mm. 
I mean, there's definitely an emotional coping thing that happens with music. Yeah, there is. And and there is happiness with there music is. for sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But I think that the reason why it's different than like uh, like a drug could make you happy, right? Too. But I don't think <laughs> I don't think that that's happiness. Because, right, and that's where I guess music is is happy because it's it is. Because I mean, when it music to, hits, right. you feel no pain, yeah. but it's not gonna make you fucked up. For yeah, me yeah. It does. It's no like a harm. healthy. It's a healthy. It's a healthy, healthy pleasure. Point. Correct. Which I almost think that that's the distinction. The healthy pleasures have more to do with happiness, mm. and the unhealthy pleasures have to do with joy with. With positive emotions, but there's a cost to it. There's a dark side to it. There's a downside to it that makes it... It's avoidance, in a sense. The root cause. You're, you're avoiding the root. Yeah. Whereas with music, you're kind of like... You're almost like... You're kind of like... A, Solving the problem putting in a way. It, You're kind of almost dealing with it. Because like, let's say a song brings up <clears throat> a certain emotion. You're like, yes. yep, feel that. Boom. But at least you're feeling it. You're thinking it. And in feeling it, it helps you to own it. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's like, if there's a song that reminds you of something you can't go back to, yeah. now that song's got power over you in right. a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's songs I think it's important to skip. <laughs> of course, of course. But so I think even music isn't, isn't totally one way or the other. I know. It's a good one. It's a good one to think about. Yeah. But can music create happiness? I think so. I think so. It has for me. But so that go, that goes back to the question of like okay, when a drug addict gets their fix and they feel happy, mm-hmm. is that happiness or is that? No. I don't think it is. No, it's not. So what's what's different about that? You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of happiness is is about achieving your goals. It's like okay, when I see my daughter get up on stage at her school and they have a little assembly and she says three words. Yeah. It makes me happy because yeah. I feel like I'm here for my daughter. There's my daughter on stage. I'm happy because You're supporting, yeah. this is good. This is a good thing. And we've achieved something by being a family, by being together. Yeah. Like to me, that's happiness. Oh yeah, that is for sure. I'm trying to think of other things that make me really happy. Um, physical activities, so walking, stretching, working out. Oh, for sure. Finishing a workout makes mm-hmm. me happy. Yeah, sometimes during the workout. Sometimes during the workout, you're not, but uh-uh. the after feeling. Getting it done. I feel like... That feeling on the hike, you know, that, that high. Yeah. It's a natural high. And exactly, and there's no downside to it. Right, so that's, I don't think that's, is that pleasure? Well, see, there is a pleasure to happiness. I know. That's why it's complicated, because not all pleasures are happiness, but happiness always has pleasure. Oh, such a mind fuck. It really is. Yeah, exactly. But it's sort of but like no, a, a self a self analysis of like, okay, out of all of the things that give me pleasure, what makes me happy? What makes me happy? And then sex. There you go. Absolutely. It's healthy. It's absolutely healthy. I mean, not always. I'm saying for me. 
Yeah. And you for us. For us. We're having a healthy. That's a healthy. Absolutely. That's a healthy, happy, pleasurable situation. I couldn't and agree outside more. Outside of this, there's been times where it wasn't healthy for me. Sex of wasn't healthy for me. Sex wasn't a good pleasure. It was a bad. Right. But so that's why I think even sex needs to be modified a little bit. Yeah. Sex in a healthy, loving relationship. Is huge. Is great. And that's... Yeah. And I can honestly say this is the first time that that's happened for me. I'll say it. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a great source of happiness. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah. Um, Eating a good meal. Mm. Healthy, good, nutritious feeling. I think it's the combination of pleasure and it being good for you. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I think it, there's a sustainability to it. It's yeah, like, this is both pleasurable and leading gonna... in the direction mm-hmm. that I like. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times we have guilty pleasures, right? And things of that course. we, they give us pleasure, but we know it's fucking us up. Like, it's not helping me reach my goals, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. And so I think that, that is not real happiness. That's like, because the thing is, I think it's harder to find real happiness, it is harder to find real happiness because it's easy to find that artificial happiness that we get as far as like Instagram, Pleasure. on Instagram or something. Right. Or the notifications on our phones, those little tiny things. Those feelings. are like drugs That's too. That's just fucked up. That's like drugs too. And, and when there is so much access to pleasure, mm. it makes it even harder to resist those things and wait for the thing that's actually going to make you happy. Right. Right? Because yes. you can fill the void with pleasure, pleasure, you pleasure, do. pleasure, pleasure. Yeah. And it's almost like happiness. You're trying. I mean, sometimes I feel like you're... I think, you I think it's the instinct for pleasure is the instinct for happiness. Yeah. It's just not, it's not enlightened enough to know which pleasures are going to lead to more pleasures. Right. And which pleasures lead to problems. Because some pleasures definitely lead to problems. Fuck yeah. But happiness has pleasure to it. Yep. And happiness doesn't have problems. No. Exactly. Like there's nothing wrong with being happy. Nothing. (laughs) So anyways, that's kind of what I was. People talk about happiness so much. As a goal, yeah. as a thing, as like something you should be almost. Or, I know. But I almost don't even ever hear any kind of discussion of what it is. The definition of it or how to be happy. How? Right. That, that's the most important thing, right? Well, first of all, you have to know what it is in order to even know if you do it. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like... No, exactly. Like I said it's kind of like you have to have a base. You have, to have you have to start somewhere. You have to have a foundation of something, you know. And and you need a map and experience. Yeah, like that's, exactly. That's one of the things that I've been finding with our hikes. Mm. Is when you look at the map. <laughs> if you don't look at the map, forget about it. You ain't going nowhere. You're gonna get. You're gonna be lost, and you won't go. You won't go far because. You're not going to think that it's going to connect. You won't have the idea. Oh my gosh, yeah. You have that fear. The fear comes in. You have fear, and it's unknown. So it's a good reason to be afraid, because you just can't just walk out into the wilderness and not know where you're going. Yeah, fuck that. But even when you look at the map, that's only telling you a tiny little... Literally. ...indication of what you're going to really encounter. Yeah. 
But I feel like this you is the same. You can only prepare so much, you know. You can only prepare so much. And you got to get out there and do the hike. Yeah. And then you, you're still going to get lost. But in doing yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. You're going to start to piece together the bigger picture. Which yeah. now after, you know, six, seven hikes in that, in that park, maybe more, maybe it's been a dozen. I feel like I have a pretty good sense of it. Yeah. And now I know the parts I haven't explored, mm-hmm. but eventually I will explore every foot of that park and I'll know it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. But so I feel like it's the same thing with the map of coping mechanisms. Right. And the, just being aware of your mental state. Exactly. The awareness is so important. Once you, once you decide, okay, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. And you find resources like what are good coping mechanisms. So, for example, I want to get through the holidays happy, healthy, sane, sound, and fun. Right. And so in order to do that, I know there's going to be demands. There's going to be stress. So I'm going to need some coping mechanisms. Mm. So looking for that article was like finding the map. It was. It is. I'm freaking stoked off that article. And now we're going to dive into the territory of the holidays with some guidance. And we will get lost. But we'll know the territory better. Yeah. So that that um that good trade. Yes. It's an Instagram. It's a, well. It's, it's a, not. It's more it's than a that. It's a publication. It's huge, you guys. I mean, when I got into it, I'm not gonna get crazy into it with you guys, but essentially, I'll we'll go ahead and link it for you guys because but, but it. Segue oh segue real quick. Yeah. Uh, the good trade is a publication that we discovered through Synergy Clothing posted about them today. It was the first I'd heard of them. But Me too. But it looked like such an interesting organization. And that's I, I feel is. like we're starting to get into some really interesting parts of social media where, where it's like people who are really positive and trying to do good things yeah. and putting stuff out there and getting results, being really effective with it too. Super effective. I mean, this this... These guys, yeah, they consider themselves like he was saying, you know, uh, but they're pre- premier. This is what this is right off of their website. So I'll go ahead and just read it as it came. The Good Trade is a premier resource for sustainable fashion lifestyle content, and annually reaching fifty million highly engaged readers. So clearly, do they're doing something right. <laughs> And um, it's across the web, it's newsletters, and it's social. But when I went on there, when I went on the website, I didn't know what to expect. And holy gosh, I was just blown away with all of the self options that they offer directly from their site. So some of the examples, like the pull downs on just that one, because there's so many on their website, uh, one of them being self. There's wellness, there's relationships, there's friendships, there's motherhood, there's career and money. And these are all articles that you can read. Right. To help like, you. Like this yourself. is the stuff that they really should teach in school. Life, exactly. life stuff. Life like skills. How to life live. skills. Life freaking skills. Uh, but they have all these different things. So they have this thing called the Daily Good, for example. It's a, it's a little 30-second daily read that they deliver to you right in your you know, email for tips for mindful living. And that's huge. That was, I mean, we what we just talked about, that's why I felt the need to say this because it's so directly linked right here, you know? Right, because it's about habits. It is. it is Daily, exactly. It's, it's every Shoot. day they have a weekly one. They mm. have a daily one. 
And it's so important to just be mindful. And mm. one of them, one of the self, um, the articles that was featured was how to stick your, how to stick to your routine amidst holiday stress. Amidst. Thank yes, you. yes. Exactly. And yeah. that was like, bam, exactly what we're freaking talking about and what we're dealing with currently. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's like, so resources, they're oh. finding resources out there that we can use to help ourselves and help other people and then hopefully to contribute to after we've done some research and figured some some things out about our own process, you know, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. And, and I think we've got a lot of good stuff already kind of in the works outlined architected and i i really think we're going to be able to help people i do too because part of it is just it's like the whole term of mindfulness yeah right like you have to think about it to make conscious decisions about it because we do these coping mechanisms whether we think about it or not right and it's being mindful exactly like you said and it's 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 a daily thing that's the other thing daily thing that we have to remind ourselves and be mindful of is Okay, I'm feeling this way. Did I fucking do this today? Right. Oh, shit. I didn't fucking do that. No wonder Boom. I'm feeling like this. Like, fuck. And then, and then, <laughs> and then what did I do? Yeah, exactly. And Yeah, exactly. What did I do? How could I have done this better? Whatever. What, know, what's my, being mindful. What's my pattern? What am I doing? And then what can I choose that will push things in the other direction a little bit? You know, what yeah. can I do Different. that's going to help the problem or is at least going to have me manage my emotions in a healthier way? Right. Right. Because in the different tiers of categories, it's like there are the self-harming mm. ones are to be avoided except for in extreme cases, I would say. You know what I mean? Like, Explain what you mean. I'm a little confused. Okay, like, uh, if you have, they're basically what you do when you have no other choice. Oh, last resort. They're they're the last resort, you know? Oh, okay. But for some people, myself included, at certain times, I think that's your go-to first choice. Mm. Because you start to feel overwhelmed, so maybe you start smoking more pot. Or you start drinking more coffee. Or you start, you know. Biting my nails like a fucking mad woman. Yeah. And, and... in doing those things, you're just, you're doing them automatically. But oh, so yeah, this, the, that's the worst one for me. The <laughs> mindfulness element is super key because then you go, okay, I see I'm doing this, which yeah. means I'm choosing, okay. I'm choosing a coping technique that's going to lead to more problems. Right. So and let why, me. Why? What's going on? <laughs> but even boom. Yeah. So boom. Okay. Now I see that I'm doing one of those things that I identified as. A coping mechanism that will lead to more problems. What can I do better? What are some of the coping mechanisms that I identified that I can do, yeah. which don't harm me, yeah. but are actually going to help me? Yeah. Right? And so that one little shift alone could it's be huge. enough to change your whole direction. Yeah. It's the momentum, like we were talking about. It is. And it's like, uh, you know, there's like, 
it's momentum. It's if there's a downward cycle, it's gonna go. It's gonna it's keep going. moving that direction. <laughs> and and while you're dealing, you're managing the pain, you're managing the the feelings down, but you're keeping further. Yeah, you are suppress, you know? suppress, suppress. And that's like an opioid addiction, it right? Is. So it's like you start out with pain and yeah. you're managing it, but now you're addicted. So now you have mm-hmm. a different kind of pain, and you just go deeper and deeper into this hole of avoiding the pain. But at some point. That's going to either lead to death or what, you know? So it's like there has to be a point where you stop that downward cycle and you choose some coping mechanisms that are going to give you relief Mm -hmm. but are actually going to also help you. Sustainable. You know, like exercising. Mm -hmm. Stretching, going for walks. Meditating, talking to somebody. All of those things are... Are gonna help. They're gonna be beneficial for you. And and the thing is too, like I think I like to think about mental fitness mm-hmm. instead of just mental health. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Because I I think about it like this: like when I decided to start writing consistently and regularly, I felt my mental strength improve dramatically, and mental health is a part of that yeah but so it's almost like like if you are not in physical shape like if you've ever gone out of shape in your life yeah and then you try to get back in shape at first so much harder oh that's why consistency is so important it's so painful to it's so much easier to stay in shape than to get in shape oh yeah and it's the same for your mind as it is for your body but I feel like oh, yeah, that's so true. I feel like we don't think about exercising our mind in the same way we do our body. No, we don't, and it's such an interesting situation. I've always been such a big advocate on mental health, but mental fitness is a better way of saying that because it's the it's 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 being active. If you say if you say that mental fitness, right? It's it's in your head already. It's like active, right? Right. So it's like, more positive. Correct. It's more active. Right away. Exactly, because I feel like mental health makes you think about the doctor, makes you think I know, about... And, and it's it's not. I mean, it kind of, it starts with you. Right. If you have mental fitness, then you have mental health. Yeah. But the term mental health, I feel like, has has in it the idea of sickness. Yes. Yeah. Like something is wrong. And, and it's a, it goes back to being okay with feelings, like feeling, like understanding, okay, this is how I feel right now. And it's okay to feel that right now. Right. I just need to figure out how to feel like differently if I don't like the way I'm feeling. And either way, it's going to pass. Yeah, it always like, does. That's one of the things about having kids that you really, really learn is that when, when kids get upset, when your child gets upset, it's really, really hard not to try to help mm, them feel better. Yeah. But then you're denying them the ability to, to cope. Right, because you're just giving them something to avoid. Right away. The screaming and the fitting. You're right. Yeah. Okay, so one of the big things you can do is accept the problem. Right. Like, if you can't solve the problem... Accept it. You have to accept it. Yeah. So, like, when you're a little kid and you want candy and your parents (laughs) say no, that's the problem for you, right? Like, oh, no, I don't get candy today. (laughs) And you're going to be upset about it. And, you know, if you throw a tantrum and then your parents give you candy then you never get to deal with accepting. But 
if they don't cave in to you, then you have to just go, th- you stronger. go through the feeling of loss yeah. and that you didn't get what you wanted. Yeah. You have a little cry. Yeah. And then you play with whatever. your puzzle or whatever yeah. interests you and you move on. Yeah. And you see it with kids all the time. And it's like... No, kids are a wonderful example. I'm so excited to start working with kids because oh, It's going to be growth, such an education. The growth... And, uh, and just, just it, for both of us, for me and the kids, of course, because it teaches you about yourself. It's like, oh yeah, like in the times where I felt most emotionally upset, it just goes away. Yeah, like you just gotta remember. Oh, yeah. this is not gonna stay this way. No, I mean earlier I had a freaking you know I had a little bit of a breakdown earlier, and I feel a thousand times better today, like right now. Yeah. <laughs> After it. But while you're, the thing about pain is while you're in the middle of it, it feels forever. Forever. <laughs> and louder than anything. Yeah. You can hear no other signal. No. And you know that, you don't know that it will ever end. Right. Not in the moment. In that, in that time. And like, especially if you've got chronic pain. Oh, yeah. Because like I had a lot of chronic neck pain for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it goes with mental. Absolutely, because when you have a lot of physical pain, it causes you mental anguish as well, because you don't get to do everything you want to do, and you feel worried that you're going to be like this for the rest of your life. And it can even go both ways, too. Like, you can literally be in a mental state where you put yourself in, a, and you start oh, hurting yourself physically, right, whether it's whether it's the self-harm, or if it's you're just being lazy and you're not doing shit with your body, which, oh. aka, hurts your body. Not being active is going to hurt you. You are correct. And I know that because I have scoliosis and the more I like don't get out and walk around and do shit, it hurts my body. And that's Being the same still is painful for my body unless I'm having a back situation. If my back is right. going out, I mean there's just times and days you have to be very aware of yourself daily for that kind of thing, but Of course. For the most thing, for the most part, being active is what's going to help my body and my mental state. Right. And exactly. So it's just recognizing that. And and that is one of those self-destructive things that are very subtle of like mm. not doing your workout. Mm-hmm. And, but you're exactly right. Like that, if I was feeling super stressed, boom, neck pain. <laughs> like that, like, like straight up. Like, and it no, was I know. Because, My back fucking hurts when I get stressed. You know? Oh, yeah. And but so then what I realized is, okay, it, it, it was that. For one thing, it was that's where I was holding stress in my body. You because, still carry your stress in your shoulders. Oh, I do for sure. But I work out every day, so right. I, I get it out. Yeah. And like, I don't have any pain now. Yeah. I have no pain. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I didn't think that I would get to that place in my life where, yeah. and I might not stay that way. I'm sure the pain's coming again, you know, but, but I it's got all myself. In, it's all inevitable. It's all inevitable. We're going to. You know, we're not built forever, and it hurts, this thing called life. I was like, life hurts, man. It definitely does. <laughs> but, you, you know, if you learn that that is inevitable, you can kind of embrace the pain. Yeah. If you decide you want to, you know, it's like if you want to, it's, in a way, you got to trade pain, too. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because it hurts to do the workout. Mm-hmm. But then I don't have pain. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and all, okay, so like working out really hard also helps me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so I trade pain. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, instead of waiting for the pain to get me, 
I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna go ahead and just sign up for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, what's the difference between being a soldier in an army where you're drafted or where you volunteer? Mm. All the difference in the world. Huge. If you sign up for that shit, it's not going to fuck with you. 100%. It's just like piano. I didn't want to take piano as a kid because my parents forced me. But I fucking wish that I would have fucking done that shit, man. Like, now I have interest in doing those things. But being forced to do something is... Being forced to do something is... So different. It's so different. But especially when you're being forced to do something painful and traumatic and dangerous. Oh, yeah. Right? So if you know, like, there's probably nothing more traumatic than war. Mm, true. Right? Yep. But so if you are involuntarily put in the position where trauma is definitely going to happen. Yeah. I think it's vastly more intense. Oh, for sure. Which I don't, I'm no expert on this. And so this is just right, purely right, right. speculation. But I would imagine that's partly why Vietnam had a lot of mental health issues afterwards because people were drafted into a war and they Good didn't... Good point. It's a great point. Now, we also had a draft for World War II. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure... Oh my God, you said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that, that was a, I think you're right, a drafted army as well because... Drafting happened for a, a long time. So. Until, this, until Vietnam War. Like, mm-hmm. but I don't know it. But anyways, the difference with World War Two is that people wanted to go fight. Mm. They saw the Nazis as a true form of evil in the world, and so they signed up. Yeah. Even if they were drafted, it was like they had the will to fight. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? I so, do. I do. I do. I do. But so, like for example, my neck pain, I didn't sign up for that. That was an accident. And then I had to deal with that. Yeah. And so that kind of puts you in this position of almost being a victim yeah. of your own pain. I agree. But so then once I realized I can choose a pain that will get rid of this pain. Yeah. It's like I signed up for my own army. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's not traumatic to me. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me. Yeah. So that to me makes me realize... A lot of things can change. Like if that could change, and I thought the rest of my life was going to be half the time in pain, mm. which it's definitely not, affects. It's not a life mood. to live, you know what I mean? I mean, well, you it gotta, doesn't feel like it. it you gotta do what you're like gonna it. do, but you're gonna have to do a lot of self-medicating, and yeah. you know. But to me, that was just such a shift, and and so I feel like I'm there also with these coping mechanisms of mm. like. Okay, organizing your life to create time to do these things is hard. It is. <clears throat> it's not easy. It's not just going to come naturally. Mm-mm. But if you do it, you're going to be in... Such a better place. Such a better place. And it's like you're not going to have to do it when mm. you get mentally ill. Mm-hmm. You're going to do you're it... you're doing it. You're going to do it to stay healthy. Right. And then it's like... No matter what, you're going to get sick. You're going to fall ill mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I'm working out eating good food, I rarely get sick. Right. And then when I do get sick, 
I power through. Yeah. And it doesn't last that long. Right. As opposed to if I wasn't exercising, a sickness could lead to more. I mean, everything is like that. It cycles in one direction or another. Yeah. And so I'm just... I'm just happy to be in a place where I'm starting to see that. I know, me too. <clears throat> and I have some habits developed already that are helping me with that. And now I'm I'm looking at that list and going, okay, I want to add in some more of these things. Yeah. So I've got more tools. And do things better too, you know? Do things Improve. smarter. Yeah. And, and just recognize like... <clears throat> Some of those things I haven't even really given a, a fair shot, you know, like mm. meditation. I can't, I, I can't say I've ever tried to meditate when I was upset. I have. It's super hard. Meditating is something I've struggled with. Yeah. It's a hard one for me. But I mean, I should give it a try. You should. It's beautiful. It can be really, it can be really spiritual. And I mean, I, I do meditate sometimes, but I have never used it as a coping mechanism. Right. So I think there's a whole bunch of things on that menu that I want to try. Me too. You know, and as the holidays progress and stress inevitably is there, I want to try to do some different things this year and see what we can do. Yeah. I think it's really important to continue this fight <laughs> for life and it, for happiness, a happy life. It absolutely is. So anyways, guys, that's just some... Some thoughts from us on this winter eve here. <laughs> hope you're toasty and warm wherever you are. Mm-hmm. I hope that the holiday demands don't ask too much of you. No. And I hope that you, f- you find some ways to cope with the stress in a productive way. So yeah. Stay healthy, stay happy. We, we're going to attach that article for you if you want to look at it. It's pretty useful as far as having some ideas, you know? It really is. So. So. Anyways, wishing you all health, happiness, fun, and success. Much love to you all. Signing off. Madison Marie Models. Jake J. Thomas Photo. Peace out, humans. Till next time.